Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are all going to love today's podcast with the wonderful and talented Abby Hornacek. I've wanted to have Abby on for some time because I think she has one of the funnest jobs in broadcasting. She kind of gets to go on adventures like I do with Fox Nation all over the country, highlighting amazing destinations on her series Parked. I also love her driving people around on the series Ride to Work. She gives you a really good setting to get to know all of the personalities you see on Fox News and Fox Business. Abby has a natural knack to make you feel like if you met her, she would be your friend immediately. And little did I know that Abby actually says she's a shy person by nature. And sometimes it takes her a bit of time to adapt to her environment. I think she's too hard on herself. And once you get to know her, she's your pal for life. She loves her job, her family, and has a fantastic outlook on life. If you love her already, you'll love her even more after this. So here is Fox Nation host, broadcaster, reporter, and all-around amazing gal, Abby Hornacek, on the Janice Dean podcast. Abby Hornacek, you made the Dean's list. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I have been trying to make the Dean's list my entire life, Janice, so this is this is really exciting for me. Come on, you've made the Dean's list before, right? I was a little bit of a nerd, I'm yeah, not you gonna were. lie. <laughs> Still am. Let's be honest. What did you love in school? You know, it's funny you asked me this question because my mom the other day was, I was talking to my mom and she goes, do you miss school? I don't like, do you miss high school or, you know, I'm in Arizona right now. So we drove past my old high school and took a walk down memory lane. I was like, you know what? I really miss going to class. (laughs) I don't know if any, anyone else, if that's normal to say, but I loved, I don't know. In school, you just, you're not worrying about the big things in life mm. yet. I, I worried about some things for sure. But I think what I loved is you're meeting people and you're learning more about yourself. And that self changes. And it's something you learn as you get older. You change so much from high school to college and college to adulthood. But it's it's a time in your life where you can live freely and learn how to be you 100%. And mm. I think I was very blessed that I went to a high school that, you know, high school, like anyone, it's tough. You get bullied. You, you know, people make fun of you, but you learn how to just be okay with who you are. And I guess not everyone gets to do that, but it's, it's a challenge for sure. So I guess I like the challenges Mm -hmm. that it presents. You know, I see it through my son's eyes now. He's a freshman in high school and, you know, he doesn't tell me everything, but, uh, but I, I have a new appreciation of him meeting new friends, trying different clubs, trying different sports, uh, you know, meeting some of his teachers. He really likes school, which I'm really grateful for. Both my kids love school, um, which I'm, you know, so appreciative of because I think my high school years weren't 
great. Uh, you know, you talk about being bullied. You know, I had issues with my weight. I really didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. I didn't. I wasn't into a lot of clubs. I, you know, I I liked school. I was fairly good in it, um, but I I don't miss it. It's funny because I do have dreams about school, like missing a class or not remembering, <laughs> not remembering uh, the combination of my lock on my locker or finding my locker. So I still have those crazy stress dreams. I do too, actually. It's, it's it's funny. I do miss high school, but to your point, there are a lot of challenges. And when you're in it, it doesn't feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. But then you graduate and you realize if that wouldn't have happened to me, if I wouldn't have yes. gone through this experience, it might not have equipped me with the tools that I need now later on in life. I just, I think about, you know, there's this girl in grade school. I don't know what it was, but she, she would always put in a racer on my chair with a pencil sticking up on it and when we would sit down I would sit on the pencil what and and my I I no, I you know I didn't say anything to anyone because it's like, oh, what, what's oh. the point? I'll just move it. So that, but then I learned. I was like, oh, I just look down at my chair every time I sit down, and it's no big deal. But then you know, I I think I didn't realize that that was a form of bullying. I was yeah. just like, oh, she's whatever. But then I, but as I got older, I realized that that experience equips you for when you're older to maybe. You know, it's not everything is easy kind mm-hmm. of thing. And that's something so little. I, people get it way worse than than I did. But. No, but still, that that's clearly a, a message. Now, you said you were a nerd, but you were also very sports focused, right? Mm-hmm. I was. Did that I was help you? It did. I think I learned more from sport. I definitely learned things in the classroom, but I think I learned more from sports that helped me with life. And I always think if, you know, when I have kids, I'm not going to be someone who forces my kids to do sports if, if they don't want to, or if they're not athletic, but I do think it's an important skill to have, even just to go through sports for a little bit, because you learn how to show up on time. You learn to push through something when it's difficult. Um, you know, you learn how to communicate. I was, I played basketball. I pretty much played every sport, I guess. I played baseball when I was younger. And um, in high school, I played volleyball. And college, I played volleyball. And I just learned how to talk to people on the court. And I was really painfully shy all the way up until college. And to the point where I didn't want to talk to anybody again, looking back at things that maybe helped me in my later years, if I wouldn't have played sports, I don't know if I would be doing this job right now because Mm. I did not talk to a soul. I was too nervous. But when I was on the volleyball court or the basketball court, I felt so comfortable in that element. Now, your dad, obviously a famous head coach, how did he take you through that sports experience? Did you talk to him a lot about sports? Was he encouraging? Did he kind of let you find your way? Totally. I'm super blessed because both of my parents really just, they didn't force me to do anything. They challenged me. For example, when I say I was shy, they're like, why don't you try out for student council? And I was like, absolutely not. I have to give a speech. And my mom said, you know, why don't you do it? And so I, I ended up doing it. And when it came to sports, My dad was not someone just because he played, he didn't say, oh, you have to play too. My parents really just let me do what I wanted. And 
he was there. He was my coach in some years. And when you're younger and your dad's your coach, it's a little, you know, it's more challenging because you're like, no, dad, I'm not going to do You don't want to do what your parents tell you to do. Uh-huh. But he was such a great coach and such a great, um, he kind of led by example and how to be a good person. So I learned a lot from him, not even in the sports realm, but just kind of in the everyday life aspect, which I am grateful for. Mm-hmm. Now we're taping this after the Super Bowl. So of course we all yes. know what happened. I'm curious to find out what you thought of Travis Kelsey's push of his coach when he pushed him or I don't I, I don't even know if a push is the right word it just seemed yeah. like he what did you think of that moment on the field look when I saw that right away I I cringed because I I'm under firm belief that there are people in your life like a coach like a whether you like a president or not you have to show respect to people who are in certain positions. And in that moment, I didn't feel like he was respecting Andy Reid. But I also understand that people get passionate in the moment, and I appreciate that passion. I do believe, though, that there is a way to handle things, and I don't think he handled that correctly. Uh, I know he joked about it after and he was like, I'm, I was, t- I can't remember the exact quote, but said, Oh, I was just telling Andy Reed how much I love him or something mm. like that. So I, I think that that was a good way to handle it. But in that moment, there could have been something else that was done to get his message across. I he agree. Have made, he could yell, but don't make physical contact. It bothered me a lot. I'm not sure yeah. why, but it was, it, I thought about it this morning often and just think it's the physical contact that bothered you because I think that's what bothered me yes absolutely and my kids are in sports too if they ever did that to their coach they'd be thrown off the team exactly yeah I see how listen I again it's the day after we're all being Monday morning quarterbacks I suppose it was a fabulous game I mean the 49ers I mean they they played their heart out you know, Brock Purdy is an Arizona boy. I was I was really rooting for the 49 I know. There. I he know. Had such a, you know, he to be that young and be on that stage and he conducted himself with such poise. It was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Do I dare ask you about the whole Taylor Swift thing? I know that we <laughs> maybe we're all sick of it, but I I still am somewhat fascinated by it for a number of reasons. I feel like and this is my own personal opinion. OK, OK, I just I won't judge you, Janice. I feel like they're not a good match and I really hope that she moves on. It, it has nothing to do with him, per se. It's just a feeling I get. I just maybe this is a phase or something. And I also, you know, the pressure that both of them are under with the spotlight is is insane. Uh, anyway, that's just my two cents. Maybe, maybe it's your mother's intuition saying that they're not good for each other. But yeah, I, it's interesting because she he's unlike any other person that she's dated. They're true. And. I do think that she maybe picked a guy that's a little more, you know, manly and he's a different kind of job. I feel like she usually goes for those tortured souls a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not that I know every person that she's dated. But <laughs> she, say, she sang a lot about them. <laughs> we we know through the, her lyrics. Yeah, totally. And it's I don't know what to think about it because I I look at the other wives or girlfriends of players and they kind of fly under the radar. And obviously it's really hard for her to fly under the radar. 
maybe it could have been handled a little bit different towards the end. Of course, she's going to go to the games. She's his girlfriend. She she absolutely should. I think it's the way she acted in some of those moments that made that kind of turned people off to mm. the whole thing. Yeah. Because again, it's not her fault that she's shown. It's not her fault, but maybe sit in the back of the box or maybe don't yes. act. You know, it's, it, it, I don't know. That's my opinion. And I am not here to, to judge anyone. I think it's a beautiful thing that people fall in love. Yes. And it's hard to hate on a couple who is in love. If you know, I not in their heads, but it looks like they're in love, but that's my thought about it. I do. I love football so much, so I think it distracted from the football a little bit. And there were so many other good storylines going into the Super Bowl that I think were overlooked because yes. everyone was so focused on Travis and Taylor. And that's part of the Super Bowl is such a draw for people because there are those storylines for people who don't watch football. There are the the underdog stories like a Brock Purdy being drafted 262nd in the draft. There's you know one of the players on the t- uh, on the 49ers. His sister was going through nursing school and was doing her nursing homework at the championship game. Oh. The conference championship game. So it unfortunately, you just you don't hear as much about those stories because everyone's focused on Travis and Taylor. Mm-hmm. I get it. And there is just something voyeur, you know, like you're a voyeur in a way. And it, I don't know, I would have rather just watched the game and not focused on that. What did you think of Usher? I know we're really going <laughs> into the Super Bowl right now, but I love it. It's when they when they announced that it was going to be Usher, I was like, really? I I don't know how I'm how I feel about that, but I I'm a millennial and I Usher songs really hit my heart. I I relived so many high school and college memories when he got up there and was singing some of those songs. So I I enjoyed it. And what is he? He's like forty five, I think, right? Is yeah, forties. And he can move. Oh, yeah. I saw him in Vegas. I took my girlfriend to Vegas this past summer and we went to Usher and it was excellent. And I can't imagine the pressure that you're under to try to, you know, to do the that performance uh, with some of the greats. You know, we were watching uh, yeah. Prince's performance. Gosh, so many years ago, but he did it in the rain uh, and and it was just one of those memorable performances. So he has to go out there and kind of, you know, really blow people's socks off. Uh, the pressure of that is pretty intense, but I thought he did a good job, too. I, yeah, he didn't pull out any crazy things, but I don't think I know the Super Bowl people are looking for that, but. I don't think I think he was able to just kind of be himself. I didn't love the stripper polls, but other than that, <laughs> I don't know why they always put strip. What it was J Lo and Shakira use that. Yeah, team. my kids are watching. This. Yeah, come on, that's a good point. That's a really good. So point. all the way up until that moment, I thought this is a great Super Bowl. Right, but, we didn't know. need to go there. No, we didn't. <laughs> and we'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Okay, so tell me what's going on. You've got so many wonderful programs on Fox Nation. Uh, We love Parked. Um, We love Ride to Work. Um, You know, tell me what's happening. Are you can you give us a sneak peek into Fox Nation and a preview? Yeah, well, thank you for saying that. And we'll have to get you on Ride to Work because and we'll you'll make the the equivalent of the Dean's List (laughs) getting in my car. I guess it's detention because (laughs) to ride in a car with me is kind of scary. (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, so season seven of Parked is airing on April 15th. So I'm really excited for that. The team that I work with is just so wonderful. We've been working together for years now, and I think we've gotten in our groove a little bit. And it's just some of my favorite memories are from these shoots because I work with such great people and we're seeing nature and and I people always talk about going abroad and how they want to go visit Ibiza and Mallorca and all these places. And I'm like, we have so many beautiful treasures just in our own country. And that's not to say don't go to Ibiza or Mallorca, wherever you're talking about going. I've never been to either of those places, but it's a great way to see what we have here because you think about 50 states, it's like 50 little countries. Every single place is different. And we went to Rocky Mountain, Glacier, Congaree, Yosemite, Denali. So we really cover a lot of different places. And uh, Yosemite, I'm really excited for people to see because we did a half dome hike. I don't know if you've seen videos of that, mm-hmm. but my poor, I got to give a shout out to Bud Knapp. Don't know if you've ever worked with him. He's one of our producers. And um, this is the, the hike is, I believe it was 14 miles. It took us around 18 hours, 19 hours to do. And poor guy, I was like, Bud, you're doing this with me. <laughs> he didn't bat an eye. He's like, okay, let's do it. So it's, it, it, it was really fun and a great way to see certain things that we haven't seen before. It's almost like we need a camera crew on the camera crew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll start doing the fi- filming this time. <laughs> I love it. You know, we have to give them a shout out because we have such great crews that go out with us from the producers uh, to the, the people who do the camera work to the audio technicians. I mean, it really is such a labor of love and I have not worked with a crew that I don't love. I mean, we really are so lucky. We really are. And you do you do weather stuff, too. You look at these people. They're in the pouring rain. It's hot. You're in extreme circumstances. And and it's kind of the same with parks. We're doing these hikes and it's it, you know, is hot. We don't get to eat a lot because we're in the middle of a park where we're living on power bars and clementine oranges and people just have such a great attitude. And I, I think these people that I work with have every, every reason to be grumpy or because we're up early, we're up late and we just kind of do it all over again, but they, they really power through and they work hard. It's a wonderful thing to be around. When you think about all of the places that you've been, what are the standouts? I know it's hard to, you know, say, put a a gold star. I know I get it, but I kind of have to. All right. Well, I love all of the Utah parks. Uh, It's so stunning. Why? There's five there and an underrated one that I think a lot of people don't know about is um, Capitol Reef National Park. And we walked with llamas. It feels like you're on Mars and Zion is obviously incredible. One though that I, I'm careful to say this one because it's not as accessible for people who are listening. It's definitely doable, but you have to do you have to go with guides in certain places. Mm-hmm. But it's Kenai Fjords National Park. It's in Alaska. And it, the way that you see it, it's all these glaciers. Oh. And there's also this lake that you can kayak through. And there's just gla- uh, icebergs floating all around you. And you, you kayak out to this glacier. So we did that. And we also did uh, Bear Glacier 
is what we kayaked to exit glacier you can walk on and you can get lowered into a crevasse which is a crack in the glacier and then you ice pick your way out you climb out of the crevasse and it was just such an incredible experience that i will probably never get to do ever again and i hope that when people watch this is actually you can watch it now it was a season ago season six but I was trying so hard to bring those images to people at home because it's something everyone should be able to experience. So if you ever do go to Alaska, it's worth going to Kenai. Mm, I've never been to Alaska. It's on my bucket list. Oh, you got to go, Janice. Okay, so Ride to Work, you know, we get to see that a lot because they play it in between um, during the commercial break. Uh, on Fox and Friends, <laughs> I get to see you in the elevator sometimes and oh, featuring your, your favorite personalities like Stuart Varney and Brian Kilmeade and Dana Perino. What are some of the things that you've taken away from riding to work with some of the folks we work with? You know what I learned was the when people ask if they li- if I like where I work, Um, it's an obvious answer. I love it. I don't even have words to explain it. And it's because of the people I work with. And that's always my go-to is I love it because the people that I'm surrounded by aren't only the top in their fields, but they're the top in the human race. I truly believe that. So getting in the car with them, people watch them on air and, and they have a view of them and how people are on air, actually how they are off the air too, which you don't get at other places. You know, people have these personas and they act a certain way because the red light is on, but everyone we work with, and I, I'm sure you feel the same way, is such a genuine and kind human being. And not only that, I learned things on those drives that I was like, I had no idea that you used to play the flute. I had no idea that this was your job before working here or that it was such a journey to get here. And I I just I love spending that time because when you're in a car, you kind of you let your guard down and you get to know each other one on one. And w- whenever I travel somewhere and um, you, I, th- I think about the Patriot Awards, people coming up to me saying, wow, you guys just seem like one big family. And I'm like, that's because we are. It's not an act. Like We hang out outside of work. We uh, doesn't matter if you're hosting a primetime show or an AP, you know, you are treated the same by everyone. And I think that's such a blessing to get to have in a work setting. Mm -hmm. So how did you get to Fox? What was your trajectory? (laughs) Oh, so it's I God. (laughs) That's the only way to explain (laughs) it. I I reflect on this all the time because when I was graduating, I, I did stuff in college. I I hosted a show on Fox Sport. I always was in the sports realm. I did Fox Sports. I did some things for ESPN. And then I moved to Chicago to host a show, um, to co-host a show on Stadium, which is a a network out there, and a national network for sports. And, you know, I prayed all through college. No one knows what they want to do. And I never thought that doing TV was in the realm of anything I wanted to do because to go back to what I was saying before, I was so shy and the thought of doing this was so terrifying to me. But my mom was like, well, you love sports. Why don't you know, why don't you talk about sports for a living? That sounds fun. So then I started looking into it. And when I moved, the reason why I say it's God was because I prayed so hard for certain opportunities in my life to happen and they didn't. 
And somehow, um, I won't get into all the details, but I, after Chicago, I was like, I need a change. So I took a job in New York that was not Fox. And that job, too long of a story to get into, um, the ended up not doing that job anymore because of the person running it. It just didn't feel like it aligned with who I was. I get and it. So I get I, it, sister. Been there, that. done that. <laughs> Right. I quit that job and I had I was jobless and I was like, well, I can't pay rent. I was about to move out of New York and my uh, a friend of mine when I first moved was like, hey, there's a there's someone that you should get drinks with and, you know, you guys would be good friends. And it was purely just like a friendship thing. Had no idea what she did. She had no idea what I did. And kind of ignored it, you know, and God, I think I was on, you know, I was on the anvil and God was like, Hey, you know, Mm -hmm. you got to meet this person. And we tried to get drinks, never did. Um, about a month passes and she reaches out to me. She goes, Oh, I had no idea that you worked in TV. And I was like, yeah. And, and so anyway, we end up talking and she's like, well, we're starting this new thing called Fox nation. And you know, why don't you come check it out? It's, this is not a job interview. (laughs) And I was like, I got, got you loud and clear. And, um, so I end up just kind of meeting a bunch of people with Fox and and ended up getting this job just to shorten the story. And um, I'm so blessed that they've given me opportunities. They took a chance on me. I was 24 years old when I was hired at Fox and they allowed me to do certain things and they gave me the room to grow. And I'm I just couldn't be more grateful. Mm, I love it. I mean, that's a that's a, it reminds me of my story because I w- came to New York for a job that I thought was going to be my best job of all time and it turned out to be one of the worst experiences I've ever had <laughs> uh, and I was ready to move out of the city go back home to Canada uh, and it was a makeup artist at one of the local television stations that I was also working at in addition to the other job and she said, why don't I bring your tape over to Fox? I work over at Fox. This was a, a you know, a, a makeup artist that was working at, at WCBS here in New York and at Fox News. And that opened the door for me here. And it, I'm just so glad, you know, it. Wow. They, it's true what they say, you know, door closes, a window opens. You just sort of have to be open to that. And I'm like you, I feel like, this was the trajectory I was always going to be on. Um, you know, you always go on a path and and there's always detours, but you come back to the one you're meant to go on. And thank Absolutely. thank goodness for that. Um, and, and, and it's the experiences like the one in, you and I had where we ended up at a place that wasn't what we thought it was going to be and having the, you know, kind of the fortitude to walk away from it. That's that's important, too. Yeah. And take a chance to walk away and not know. And, you know, I, I always, I love what you said about the pads. I was just talking um, to someone about this the other day where if you're on a path and it's the path you're not supposed to be on, I do believe that God corrects you and will get you on that other path. Because if I could have drawn up, I, this is really my dream job. And I'm not just saying that this truly is, but it's not something that I could have ever thought about. Like when I was praying after college, I was not praying for this. I had no idea this existed. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm here, I'm like, wow, this, this really was, uh, you know, something that is divine intervention because there's no way I would have been here in any other realm. Mm -hmm. And if I, just a quick story about the people that we work with. So I was 24 and I'm sitting in this office, no idea. Fox Nation had just kind of gotten off the ground and I wasn't doing anything on the news side yet. And 
I was just sitting in this office all day thinking, I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. And I still am shy in my personal life. I mean, I think one being on air is one thing, but then being outside of it and I'm kind of looking around and I, I can't remember what floor it was before everyone moved. So everyone was scattered all over and I'll never forget. I was walking and I think it was like my fourth day of work and Bill Hemmer is walking by me and he kind of looks at me and he goes, Hey, I was like, Hey, <laughs> he goes, um, he goes, you're new. Right. And I was like, yeah, I am. And I said, I'm Abby. And he's like, I'm Bill. I said, well, come here. And we went into the main area and we sat down and for 30 minutes, he's like, what can I help you with? What, Ugh. what are you doing here? Like, what are your goals? How can I help you reach those? And I was like, whoa, you know, Bill Hammer had no reason to take time out of his day to talk to me. And he had no idea who I, I don't even know if he knew if I was on air, if I was a you know producer, whatever. But he was so kind and treated me with such, you know, grace and respect that I'm like, you have no reason to be talking to me. Mm. So that's just to, to give an insight to people listening to this, who the people are that we work with, where I say it's such a blessing is it's people like Bill, you know, it's, yep. I, it's amazing. We're all each other's cheerleaders. I mean, I can't stress that enough. You know, I work on a program where we all do, we love each other and we're never, we're always wanting the best for that you know, that coworker, right? You're going to work together to, to make sure you, you make each other happy. I mean, I don't know where that exists. That's why I've been here for 20 years is the same thing when people say, yo, are people the same as we see them on television? And I say, well, I'm, I've been here two decades and I wouldn't be here if, if that wasn't the case. It's totally something my mom always told me growing up was if you put your time and your value, you should be putting your time and value into people, not things. Mm. And, um, I I've learned just, well, I learned that at younger year in my younger years, but as I've gotten this job, that idea has been reinforced because we're told so often these days that it's okay to put yourself first. You have to put yourself first. And, and you, I mean, sometimes you, you can't run yourself to the ground, of course, but I think people take that too far. And I look at the people we work with, yourself included. I look at how hard you work, Janice, and how you're, you're doing all of these different things. And not a single person that we work with has ever exploded. I haven't, I'm sure things happen, but they've, they treat each other with such respect and they're so tired. Everyone is so tired because, but they don't talk about it. Mm. It's because they're putting their value into other people, the people we work with, the interview subjects, spreading stories that need to be spread. And I don't know a single person who is focused on themselves and they, you can tell because everyone is leading a fulfilling life because you feel it from them when you're around them. It's very true. Don't go anywhere. We'll have more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. Now, you talked about your mom a lot. Your mom uh, is celebrating a birthday. And tell me she what. Is. So she's she's going to be surprised. Her birthday is this week, but this will air after her birthday. But can you you tell us what you're what you're doing for? <laughs> well, it's you know, I always try. We don't get that much time with our parents as we get older because we have job, mm -hmm. full time jobs. So I always try to be there for every person in my family's birthday, if I can. It doesn't always obviously work out. But my uh, my dad actually planned a little trip for her. So I flew to Arizona and we're going to take her on a little vacation and 
hopefully the next, you know, enjoy the memories that she's had so far in her life and, you know, plan for the future as well. So I'm, I'm just excited that we can all spend that time together. That's awesome. I'm just trying to get a free vacation. I'm <laughs> oh, just kidding. <laughs> you, your parents sound like they have a great relationship. What do you take from from both of them? Oh, yeah. Every year when I write their Valentine's Day card, I'm like, you know what? You guys have really presented such a model for what I want in my life because they both put each other first. They put their family first. I, I as as that's something that we've been able to, you know, over the past several years. But um, yeah, they they really do just love each other and they are always there for one another. And I, I hope, you know, whoever I end up with, that's that's going to be my main my main criteria. I'm just going to hand on my parents relationship <laughs> on a paper and say, hey, this is what I need. How do you get out there and meet people? I date my work. Yeah. And it's a very fulfilling relationship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there's not there's not a ton of time. I'm always traveling and I'm always on the road, which is which is tough when you're on the road because, you know, you meet people and then you hang out once and then you don't see them for a month. Mm. So it's challenging. Um, but it's I know that the right person will come along when they're supposed to. It's not my timing. It's God's timing. So that's what I'm holding out for. I think that's a maybe good that's way just to... what I'm telling myself. No, I think that's a good way to think about it. You know, I didn't meet Sean until I was in my early 30s. Uh, How did you guys meet? Well, my advice to you is always, always follow up on someone's advice to meet someone because I was here in New York. I think I covered the story that I wasn't in the greatest job of all time. And my girlfriend, Leanne, and her husband, Tony, were in Hawaii for their honeymoon and they met Sean on a hike. And he was in Hawaii to surf and the surf was too high one day. So I always say the weather brought us together. So he had to decide on something to do other than surf. So he went on a trail in Kauai and that's where he met my friends, Leanne and Tony. And uh, it was funny because they kept bumping into each other and they struck up a conversation and, and Sean hiked with them a little bit. And then he realized they were on her, their honeymoon and was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, like, I don't want to. They're like, no, this is like the eighth day. We need some new blood here. <laughs> so they ended up doing a lot of the hike with Sean. They had dinner with him afterwards. And of course, my friend Leanne was like, so are you single? What do you do? And, you know, he answered all the right questions. And afterwards, she was like, oh, I have my girlfriend. She lives in New York. She doesn't know anyone. You guys should meet. And Wait, did he live? Where did he live? Did he, he lived live in New York. York. Yeah. Oh, so wow. Le- okay. Le- he was just in Hawaii for this trip that he's always wanted to make in his, you know, in his lifetime. So he was trying to pursue a, a lifelong dream and then met my friends, Leanne and Tony. And then when he when they got back, she had his phone number and I think his email. Yeah. Email was just starting out back then in the <laughs> early 2000s. And she said, you know, get in touch with him. And I was like, oh, Leanne, you know, I don't I don't want a boyfriend right now because I don't like this job. I don't know if I like New York. And she said to me, you know what, Janice, he might be your first friend. And so, you know, that was 20 something years ago. Friend now. Yes, exactly. So that's my <laughs> advice is sometimes you just never know when it's going to happen. And 
if you have a friend that knows you pretty well and and they say to you, hey, you should reach out to this person, you know, always do that. Because when we started out as friends, it wasn't a love at first sight moment. I definitely thought he was handsome. And, you know, the firefighter thing was not, you know, mm-hmm. was was a good thing, too. But it, but we did start out as friends. And I think because we were both sort of like into our careers and, and had this idea of where our lives were going at the time. But I love that. I love that it sort of happened organically. That is such an incredible story. I didn't know that story, Janice. Yeah. Well, listen, that's amazing. When we go on for you, if you don't No, I don't mind. Uh, So I was it was I met him in 2002. So I was 32. Yep. Okay. Wow. There's hope after all. Absolutely. (laughs) There is. And I think I was like you in my 20s. It was so frustrating. You know, you go on dates, you meet these guys, you think, you know, you think this might be the one and it isn't. And then you're heartbroken and you wonder if it's in the cards and it and it is and it will present itself. And again, back to the destiny thing or following along our path, you know, when I trace the steps of meeting Sean and how so many things had to come together for that meeting, it just blows my mind. And it does solidify that whole thing of we have a path we're meant to go on. Sometimes there's detours and bumps in the road, but you know, you just have to have faith. Thank God for Leanne. She was putting you right back on that trail, huh? She did. Yes. (laughs) Always. What was your guys' first date? Now, sorry. Now I'm no, 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 no. So uh, it was obviously a blind date because we had never met each other, but it was around Christmas time, and I I had not seen the Rockefeller Christmas tree. I worked in Astoria, Queens, and I had never driven into the city. I'd visited the city with some friends, but I never drove into the city. So I was actually getting off work, which is a morning show, and Sean. I still have the directions that he wrote on an email. I printed them out. And I went over the Queensboro Bridge and he told me he was going to be in a blue pea coat and he has prematurely gray hair. So he had a lot of gray hair <laughs> in his 30s and he would be standing at the corner getting off work from the firehouse. And so I remember pulling up and I and seeing him. And the first thing I did, I rolled down the window. I was like, can you please drive? <laughs> <laughs> because I was like terrified of New York. It was like the sea of cabs and, you know, oh and, and honking and honking. So he did. He got in the car and then we we um, we were going to see the Rockefeller uh, Center Christmas tree. And there was a, there's a restaurant. Actually, it's crazy because I work right in in the in the complex now where we were going to have breakfast at the restaurant and that was closed. So we ended up going to a diner that was close to St. Pat's Cathedral and we had our first breakfast together after our our shifts. So that was our first date. And does that diner still exist? It doesn't. But Sean proposed. He proposed to me in front of that diner. That is just a dream. Yeah, that is seriously a dream. (laughs) I, for a first date to be in a diner, first of all, I, I love that. Yeah. That's what was it great... called? It was the man. I'm going to try. 
Oh, I Sean can't remember. It. Of course he does. Uh, <laughs> I'll remember. Of course I'll remember. I'll remember it after our conversation. But yeah, it shut down, and we were supposed to have breakfast there, but it was closed on a Sunday, and we were about to leave. I saw this the these two women that came to the same diner, and were like, "Oh, it's closed." I was like, "Yeah," and I'm so hungry. Let's go. And they were like, "We're gonna go up the way." I'm like, "I'm gonna follow you." And Sean was like, "Wait, wait, wait! Don't go!" And he just in front of the scaffold. <laughs> Scaffolding in front of the closed restaurant, he got down on one knee and proposed. It was pretty. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. You almost threw a wrinkle in that plan. Yes. <laughs> he was very panicked because he didn't, he was like, no, don't go off with those strangers to go eat breakfast. Stay here. I, I have Marry this plan. <laughs> Oh, so there you go. See, now I'm supposed to be interviewing you and you just, you, but I always say like our meeting deserves to be like a hallmark movie because it just there are so you many things one. that had to come come true for us to meet that so. could be the next fox nation movie <laughs> you never we know, know movies. hey listen we know people right <laughs> we know people yeah it's around christmas time he's a fireman i was a young and up-and-coming broadcaster that hated her job and didn't want to be there. I mean, it does. It has all of those. He had to get out of the snowy New York weather and go to Hawaii. To surf. And then the the weather was too terrible that day. So he had to take a hike to meet my friends, Leanne and Tony. There you go. There's the plot. Boom. Let's <laughs> sell it right now. <laughs> Abby, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. And uh, I'm so glad that you're here. And I'm so glad that we've met each other, too. And, and you know, to be continued. Me too, Janice. You're so amazing. And I appreciate you having me on. I just love chatting with you. So anytime we'll, we'll hit up a diner. Sounds good to me. It, <laughs> that's a date. Perfect. I love it. Thank you, Abby, for joining me today on the JD Podcast. If you haven't checked out Abby's incredible series, Parked on Fox Nation, I highly recommend it. I love that we're highlighting such amazing places in our own backyard. And I look forward to watching season seven coming up on Fox Nation. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram. Or you can rate this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.